0: welcome to the new episode of starting your own coffee shop i am jerry stolani the founder of cafe chocolat in downtown dc i had no experience when i started four years ago and if i can do it you can too tune in hello friends i haven't recorded anything since last february so it's been months uh, but I decided to record this bonus episode because um i've i 've gotten a few emails uh specifically on um what type of books I recommend to people starting out to open a coffee shop. so I keep responding to those emails and then I kind of realized it's it 's probably beneficial to just do a whole Uh, bonus episode, if you will, with some reading that I've done in the past, Uh, and I know I do talk about them in various episodes, but I think maybe having just one bonus episode where I break it down into the types of books, like the categories of books that I have read over the years, I'll go through some of them. Now, this is not to say that before I started The Coffee Shop, I just locked myself in the room and started reading all these books. These are books I've read over the years, but as I started getting into the coffee shop idea and started working into it, I could recall back some of the things, some of the concepts that I have read in in some of these books, and they all kind of came in handy. This is not an exhaustive list of books. I'm sure there are tons out there, and I'm sure you all have done uh, some reading and, and, and have, have found things that are very, very helpful, you know, but, um, um, that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, specifically like the books that I used, uh, when I started the coffee shop, most of the reading that I did was divided into two parts. One was just coffee books, you know, literally like idiot's guide on how to open a coffee shop, right? Because I just had no idea, no experience. i would never used a coffee machine, uh, an espresso machine um, ever. And the other type of books that I read while, you know, this was happening and I was going through all of this stuff and the construction was happening because it took roughly about nine months from – when I said okay, I'll do this until you know the 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 shop was ready. Um, were mostly kind of mindset books, you know, things to kind of keep me focused. And you know, as I was going through this process, of course, like my family's like, "What are you doing? You're an idiot!" Blah blah. blah. You know, friends, what are you doing? You're going to leave your job, do this? That's insane. Uh, you're going to spend all your money on this, and you know, and and you know, there's some people who can just cut through that clutter and be like, I don't care. This is my mission. You know, uh, for me, it's kind of hard. You know, you're always self-doubting yourself. You're always kind of thinking, you know, is this the right thing to do? Are they right? Am I wrong? Again, I'm putting all this money. I've saved, you know, all of my savings are going to go towards this project. What happens if I lose all of it? And, you know, in retrospect, here we are, you know, five years later. But, um, uh, you know, I, I kind of needed to, to read you know, a lot of these like, you know, strengthen your mind, you know, kind of mindset, staying focused kind of books. So that's what uh, I'm going to break it down. Okay. Um, so, so I've divided into four categories. One is coffee books. Two is strategy books. Three is setting up a business books, and then mindset books, right? Like I said, this is not an exhaustive list, but I'm going to go through each one of these categories. Let's start with coffee books. There are um, three coffee books that I read and I kept referring to over and over and over, you know, as I was setting up the shop. uh, And then finally, as you know, as I was running it, Um, if you have never been in the coffee business, and you really just kind of want to understand, you know, what for in in layman's term what coffee is and how you brew it and what the you know what happens he you know without getting into the chemistry of it there's a book it's it's almost like a a table coffee book but it's um it's by uh brian jones called brew better coffee at home it's got tons of pictures um and it walks you through literally what is coffee, you know, a little bit about history and culture. And then um it starts going into various kind of recipes of coffee, you know, from espresso to like Vietnamese coffee to electric drip, you know, it's, it's, it's supposed to be about you using this at home, but it's, it's, it's very relevant because at the end of the day, right, like the, people that you're going to serve coffee to also make coffee at home. So there's some knowledge that they have, and you want to understand better your customer. um, And you want to understand, you know, obviously coffee, but also how people brew it at home. Um, And this really helps a lot. It's got all kinds of different recipes, all kinds of different methods. So if you're starting out and you're saying to yourself, okay, well, do I just serve espresso? Do I serve, you know, do I serve, um, I don't know, Cuban coffee or whatever, um, this one has all the different recipes, okay? So it's Brew Better Coffee at Home by Brian Jones. Uh, So that's overall knowledge. Um, In terms of how to set up a coffee shop, there's two books that, you know, I've made tons of notes on. One uh, that I used a lot that I that I thought was actually really relevant was uh the Coffee Boy Step by Step Guide to Setting Up and Managing Your Own Coffee Bar by John Richardson and Hugh Gilman. Uh or Gilmartin, sorry. Uh so these guys, uh, you know, at least from from the book, they're consultants that opened or helped open thousands of coffee shops. Um it's um it's not very detailed but it breaks it down into like, you know, marketing, taste you know, location. It kind of, they they walk you through the process, like what to look for, systems, things like that. Again, it's 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 not as detailed and kind of step by step as I would love. Right, if I've, if you've never opened a coffee shop, but it gives you very good top line, um, big bucket steps into what you need to do and and um, and what you need to consider. Um, they also have. I'm not sure. I'm trying to look at that page now because again, I read this a long time ago. But um, they they have what they consider like the formula for success, uh, and I think I talked about it in one of the uh, episodes or like one of those snippet short episodes. Um, I talked about the formula they have for success. It's actually um, very straightforward. You know, it's it's not. Um, it's, it's it's not like written in stone, right? There's different ways to achieve success, but it gives you a really good idea, you know, like if your location is bad, but you have the money and your branding is good, what are your chances to succeed kind of things. So again, the book is The Coffee Boy's Step-by-Step Guide to Setting Up and Managing Your Own Coffee Bar by John Richardson and Hugh Gilmartin, okay? Um, next, it's The Complete Idiot's Guide to starting and running a coffee bar um, this is much more of a step-by-step like I mean I'm, I'm looking at the book now and I've literally you know underlined half of every page um, it's how to set up a shop how to manage your employees how to uh, they do day-to-day operations you know money how to manage it you know how to price and sell products again you know, you're going to your own environment, location, you know, state, whatever concept is going to dictate a lot of these details, but this actually gives you a lot to, to think about and how to go about it, right? It gives you like ideas on like, should your employees wear uniforms or not, right? Um, and, and it gives you like pros and cons on, on why that matters, okay? So that's that for coffee. Um, on the strategy side, if if you've been in marketing or if you have marketing experience and, you know, you kind of, you have the basics down, right? Uh, but the one book that I recommended to everybody, you know, whether you have marketing experience or not, is called uh, Blue Ocean Strategy. Uh, by uh, Kim and Maborn or Maborg. I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name. Uh, blue Ocean Strategy is uh, is a pretty kind of like standard book in, in marketing, and it's even an expression, you know, finding your blue ocean. Um, and the whole concept of the book is you look at your competition, right, who you're trying to compete, you see how they're competing on various parameters like product quality, price, location, blah, 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 whatever, you know, whatever the parameters are you know, on the table that you're going to set up. And then what you do is you put your concept right below, you know, the five different competitors that you have and you kind of figure out, okay, they're all competing in this way, for example. You know, they're all competing with, you know, specialty coffees. Okay, well, I'm going to do it differently because in my area, for example, like there's five people doing specialty coffee, but there's nobody who's just doing, you know, basic generic, you know, Starbucks grab a cup and and go, uh, kind of coffee, I and mean, that's how you try to differentiate yourself. Again, I'm giving you like a very very silly example, but basically that's what blue ocean strategy is. It it helps you identify how your competitors are competing. You know, you can it helps you f- put it in in a in in a, in a manageable kind of chart. You know, with parameters. And then based on that, you can say how you're going to differentiate yourself from everybody else. Like if everybody else is doing the same thing, they're all having kind of the same price and it's really high. Maybe it's, there's room for you to go in and compete at a very low price, right? Um, so that's Blue Ocean Strategy by Chan Kim and Renee Maboring. Okay. Um, next on uh, strategy. Uh, There's two books that I thought were really interesting. Now, they're not going to work for everybody, but it kind of gives you something to think about. Um, And they're complementary to each other. One of them is Contagious, uh, Why Things Catch On by Jonah Berger. And another one is Made to Stick by uh, Chip Heath and Dan Heath. Uh, These books, I feel like they're complementary because they're trying to tackle the same thing, right? Like, why do some things take on some things like catch on and some others don't, you know, um, and they go about it, you know, differently, but they're trying to solve this this uh, concept, right? So on one of them is this example of, you know, somebody in Philly trying to open a restaurant and they, you know, obviously wanted to compete. They wanted to differentiate themselves and they wanted to, you know come up with an idea that was contagious where people talk about it and word of mouth is very important. So they decided to co- to come up with like this $1,000 uh, lobster sandwich, right? With like gold leaf and whatever, and all that stuff. And again, you know, it's not like they're going to sell a hundred 1,000 lobsters a day, but just the idea that there's this restaurant out there with a $1,000 lobster, it gets you on the news, everybody talks about it, and then people come in and they buy the fifteen dollar plate of whatever it is that you're serving, right? So um so these are both books. So one is made to stick by Cheap Heath and Dan Heath, and the other one is Contagious, Why Things Catch On by uh Jonah Berger. Um another one which I didn't think about it until I started putting my A-tent outside is The Power of Habit uh, by Charles Um uh, This book is not made for business. This is more about personally at a personal level, you know, how to get good habits and whatnot. But one thing about this that uh, was really, really um, interesting is that it teaches you how habits work, how Habits are formed, right? And when you're running the business, what you're trying to do is to change people's habits. So if their habit was to drink coffee at home, you want that habit to change, so they come and drink coffee at your shop. If their habit is to drink coffee at Starbucks before they they go to work, you want them to change that habit and come to your shop instead of going to Starbucks, right? And if their habit is to drink coffee at the office, you know, the office drip coffee in the kitchen at 2 p.m., you want them to come down to your shop and drink coffee there, you know, and then go back up to uh, their office, right? So what we're trying to do as business people we're not necessarily just trying to get people to buy stuff. We're trying to change their habits. People are constantly consuming things, right? What we want is we want them to consume our things, right? So, so that's that's why I thought this book was really, really important, and that's why those tents, the A tents that you see in front of shops that say, "Hey, new recipe today," blah, blah, blah. Uh, check out our summer, you know, our summer menu. Um, and And what they what their purpose is not necessarily informational their habit triggers right like if your habit is to drink coffee, you need a trigger to trigger that habit, and that 's what that a tent that 's sitting up front of your shop is so if you understand that that you 're using that as a trigger, then you also understand what type of message you want to put in there, right like the message. Who cares, right? If you say, hey, check out our summer menu, who cares? Everybody knows you got a summer menu. You can't be selling hot stuff when it's 100 degrees outside, right? Like people don't need a reminder that, hey, you can come in here and get ice stuff, right? So so it's more relevant to use that A-tent with, with something else, something clever, something whatever, than just basic things that people already know, right? Um, so The Power of Habit by Charles uh, Duhigg, was, um, it's, it's really important in that sense and kind of understanding how habits work and how to use that to your advantage to change the habits of your customers, right? Um, the third category is setting up a business. I think the one book, hands down, which was instrumental in me kind of thinking about how to start a business is The Republic of Tea by Mel Ziegler, Patricia Ziegler, and Bill Um This is, the, the the people that started The Republic of Tea Company um, in California, and you can find Republic of Tea, tea you know, in, in most stores, um, decided to turn their journey into how they started The Republic of Tea into a book. Again, The Republic of Tea was like, started in the early nineties. Uh but what was great about this is that they don't just talk about process. They have literally like pictures of, of of letters they send each other, faxes they would send each other, drawings from what they thought the package should look like and what, you know, even how they ideated, you know, who the customer is and how they thought about the customer and they they decided to create this. You know, instead of just like, oh, we're doing a business, they're like, well, we'll let ours is a republic and we're all vice presidents of something in the republic, right? Or like, you know, minister of the people, minister of product, minister of whatever. And the people are that we serve are, you know... Um, uh, I forgot what the name is that they use, but they they try to turn it into fun, into something you know more inclusive. But also, I think what was important here is also the mindset in terms of how did they think about stuff, how did they um, go over challenges. How did they work together as partners, right? Because they don't always agree. I mean, there's three people uh, that started this business. So, you know, you can, you can even see their kind of like intimate letters to each other, kind of, you know, about being upset about something. And this gives you a really, really good view into the inner workings of starting a business and how to work with people and what it takes to get it done. So this is, I, I can't recommend this book enough, uh, whether you were in the tea industry specifically, or coffee, or even just starting a business, um, this is kind of the 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 book that you know I give everybody who wants to start a business. I'm like, hey, here, <laughs> read this, and they'll tell you how it sucks. Uh, but Republic of Tea is very successful. Um, you know, the Ziegler's actually are the ones that started uh, Banana Republic and then sold it to Gap, so they have a history of. Um, being in business and and launching successful businesses, so this is fantastic book. The Republic of Tea by Mel Ziegler, Patricia Ziegler, and Bill Russell um, So the other book on setting up a business is The Four Hour Work Week um, by um, oh, uh, Tim Ferriss. um, some of you may be rolling their eyes, you know, there's no such thing as four-hour work week, I agree with you, you know, I rolled the, the, my eyes on half of the book, but there's the other half of the book that has a lot of gems in there. And this book was very important to me in understanding the concept of setting up systems. Right, one thing that you don't want the business to do is to run you right? like you don't want to be the 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 man or the woman who wakes up at four a m opens the shop and then closes it at two a m You can't live on two hours of sleep and you can't have a healthy family life if you're constantly in the shop and you're constantly worrying uh, and you're constantly involved in every single decision, so it's really important to understand how to set up systems, it's really important to understand, you know, how much to trust your employees and when to trust them and and what's important and what's not important. So for me, this was very important uh, because it helped me start my work day at 9 a.m. and it helped me get out of work at, you know, uh, 3 or 4. And also in my last year, it helped me just kind of not even be running the shop day-to-day At all, you know, um, I started working somewhere else while the shop was practically running itself. And it literally took me about, you know, I don't want to say four hours a week to manage it. But it took me about, you know, 10 hours a week max to truly manage it. And, And I was going into the shop as a customer, you know, just trying the product. And obviously, if it wasn't good. You know would have a, a team meeting and, and fix whatever the issue was uh but i didn't need to be there the shop could run itself and it also helped me understand how people run you know five shops 20 shops because you always think about it, it's like man it's so hard to run a shop how does somebody run 20. well they run 20 because they have systems in place they don't need to be at every single shop um so 4 hours uh, 4 hour work week by uh, team Ferris was uh, was really good in that sense. Uh finally which i think it's an overlooked category because everybody starts focusing on how to make money right like oh i want to learn the product i want to learn the strategy i want to learn how to set up the business correctly but people need to spend a lot of a lot of time focusing on mindset you know just strengthening your mind there's going to be all kinds of issues, right? Uh, For a lot of people, and me included, we're always used to getting paid for people to write checks to us. But when you're the person writing the check, and you having to decide whether you should buy something for your kid, or actually take that and put it into the business, that's a big decision to make, you know, and stress can come in and you know, your married life or whatever is never going to stop, right? So your kids are always going to need your attention. Your business is going to take a lot of your attention. Managing employees is the toughest part of running a shop. Um, And managing those schedules is really the toughest part of running a shop. And it never stops. There's going, you know, their problems will become your problems, So you need to really strengthen your mind uh, to be able to kind of you know, understand how things work, take things a little bit more lightly, you know, and just, you know, just, just be present. Right. Um, so for me, you know, one book that initially kind of got me going, it's not like an amazing book to read or whatever, but it helped me, um, is, um, uh, Relentless by Tim Grover. Um and this book is a lot of chest beating and a lot of look at what I did and I used to work with, you know, Michael Jordan, and I used to work with Kobe Bryant, and look at how great they are and whatever. And that's fine, right? But but there are some nuggets of information there that kind of, you know, you read and you can tell yourself, yeah, I can do this. If so-and-so could do this, I could do it too. You know? Uh, So this, this was there, there's a lot of stuff there that's very kind of uplifting and you, you know, it it makes you kind of go, I can do this. Why, why can I not do it? You know? Um, Especially if you're having like, you know, moments, which you will, where you're like, man, what am I, what did I get myself into? Uh, So, so, you know, Relentless by Team Grover was really good. Um, I, 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 I've been reading a lot on stoicism, uh, for, or stoic philosophy for over a decade now. Um, and it's one thing that I focus on, you know, just not just for the business, but also for my daily life. Um, and, and it helps me, you know, just kind of look at things for what they are, you know, and not uh catastrophize which is what can happen a lot because you you tend to think of a problem and then all of a sudden you know you think of what that problem is going to do two days from now and how big is going to be you know a month from now and and what stoicism helps you do is just kind of focus on 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 things as they are now and not as what you think they're going to be in the future right so you deal with what is in front of you when it is in front of you um so it, it helps me. Right. Um, if you want to learn more about it, uh, there's a writer. His name is Ryan Holiday, who has done a really good job of kind of synthesizing it um, without people having to go and start read like stoic philosophy by stoic philosophers Um you know, and he's got some really good books out there. One of them is Ego is the Enemy. Uh, Another one, which I recommend, I I buy that for everybody. I've bought it for everybody in my family is The Obstacle is the Way. Um, And and what it does is he takes, you know, all of the different things from like Epictetus and and Marcus Aurelius and, you know, some of these stoic philosophers from from, uh, Greece and Rome, um, and just, you know, puts it in Easy to digest buckets, um, and and I think it's it's great intro into uh, stoicism. Um, uh, so so that's from a mindset perspective, um, you know. And there's tons of things out there. There's Tons of YouTube videos, you know, that focus on this. Obviously, you know, meditation and 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 things like that. So. Um, So those are the four categories, coffee strategy, setting up a business and mindset. Lastly, and this is not a book, but I don't think I've talked about this during the entire kind of season. And I think it's really, really important is the work life balance, right? Um, Everybody kind of wants to achieve a work life balance, my thoughts on that are that if that there's no such thing, opening a coffee shop gives you something even better right um, because running a coffee shop can be a lot of fun for you, can be a lot of fun for your family, can be a lot of fun for your kids, you know to be there, and what owning a coffee shop helped me understand is that there's no such thing as a separate life and a separate work and there's a balance but there's work life um what's the word um work and life you 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 win that balance when work and life intertwines in a fun way and having a coffee shop can do that for you right Because you can bring your family to the shop. You can get them involved in the work that's in the shop. You can make it fun, right? Like I I always brought my my kid. I mean, he was like two, three years old back then. But I always had him around the shop. And, you know, I'd always show him things. And sometimes I'd be like, you know, go get that cup. Go get that plate. Go get that, you know, go give this person this. Go give this person that. And it was fun for him. It was fun for me because I kept him active and I didn't have to worry about, about, you know, what am I going to do with, with my son? Um, and my, my wife loved coming to the shop and it was like her place and, and everybody was engaged and, you know, I could come home and we could still talk about the shop and whatever. And we were doing that in a very fun way, you know, an engaging way. Um, and, and it was awesome because that's when I truly realized what work-life balance is. We were all doing something that we loved at a place that we loved and it never felt like work. You know, it was fun there. It was fun at home and we could do it, you know, 24 hours a day. Uh, so, So try to make that fun. Try not to separate it. Try not to keep it as like I'm closing the door to the shop And now I'm going to go home and I'm not going to think about the shop. No, just, just get them involved, you know, get your family involved in it so it doesn't become like your life at the shop and your life at home, you know? Um, That was my biggest takeaway, you know, from all of this stuff and even the reading itself because, you know, having a huge support at home is going to be very important in running the shop, growing it and moving on to the next stages. So, I hope this was helpful. Again, you know, if you have any questions, email me, you know, dolani at gmail.com, D-O-L-O-A-N-I at gmail.com. Thanks for all the emails. Again, I read them all. <laughs> you yeah, know, I respond to all of them. So uh, feel free to, to contact me with any questions you have. All right, good luck to you.